this week on the podcast talking to one of our whalers about their decision to get a mini MBA and what that actually means. Welcome to the Using the Whole Whale podcast, where we learn from leaders about new ideas and digital strategies making a difference in the social impact world. This podcast is a proud production of Whole Whale, a B Corp digital agency. Thank you for joining us. Now, let's go learn something. All right. Hey, Marielle, how's it going? Thanks for joining us. Of course, anytime. Hi. Hi, George. How are you doing? Wow, pretty good today. And we are speaking with Marielle, the digital marketing whaler at Whole Whale. How long have you been with us now? Um, just over a year now. Yeah. I started off as a fellow in July of 2019 and then became full-time in November of 2019. And I think everyone on their resume right now should be like, Actually, it was the like moving into 2020 year where, you know, we've all like aged in our careers and personal lives by like two or three X. So it doesn't feel like a year, which is why I asked. I was like, you could have told me I have been here three years. That feels right. That feels right. Uh, What a wild start to your career, huh? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I did not think this would be where I was at. Yeah, it makes you grow up pretty quickly. And, you know, I think for the purpose of this conversation, and you're very brave to come on, thank you so much, to share a little bit about, you know, your first steps into finding a job, because I'm very, very interested, aware, and maybe borderline concerned with the current generation running into, you know, really a trough of meaningful employment. And employment that leads to careers and that opening the first door and there's a lot of you know decisions being weighed and one and that you sort of uh, took the road on was your decision to get a, uh, a mini MBA which is not in a full length MBA of two years but can you walk us through that you know that transition where you were like looking at the job market and you're like ah, I gotta I gotta get a little bit extra education in here but it certainly cost uh, extra I want I want to get into that that mindset because you haven't forgotten it yet I'm uh, I'm curious. So walk us through the the steps and timeline uh, of getting to Whole Whale and, and that mini MBA. Sure. Um, so I got my bachelor's in public health from Rutgers um, in January of 2017. Um, and I didn't really know where I wanted to, to go with that. I knew I didn't want to um, just go straight into grad school. I wanted to get some some real world experience first um, and hopefully get an organization to pay for that master's degree. Um, But of course I didn't find a job very quickly. So I ended up um, working at an administrative job for a little bit. Um, And I was applying to jobs here and there, but everything wanted like a master's degree and five years experience for like an associate level job. Even at the like the nonprofit level, the, the, the nonprofits that I was looking at, the, the governmental organizations I was looking at, um, they all wanted this insane amount of experience for like not that much money either. <laughs> um, so I, I was just feeling kind of stuck and um, I was working in that administrative job and I kind of just took stock of my skills. I knew I was a great researcher, a good, great writer, um, had some data analysis experience from from doing research papers in college. Um, So I just kind of looked around at the technical 
degrees or, or like further education that I could get to market myself in a different way with the skills that I already had. Um, and I knew I wanted to go into the for good uh, social impact sector. Um, I mean, my values are, are very important to me and I want to be doing good in the world and, um, you know, working on behalf of marginalized communities and, and making sure that we're getting, uh, we're, we're reaching an equitable world for, for those, those communities, including mine. So I took a look at my skills. I was looking at the education programs um, and marketing kind of stood out to me. Um, I knew I was a good writer. Um, so I wanted to kind of see where the nonprofit communications marketing world would take me, but I didn't really know how to break into that without some kind of certificate or something to, to put next to my LinkedIn or, or on my LinkedIn page or something to put next to my name on my resume. I, I just went back to Rutgers and I was like, here are the mini MBA, MBA programs that they have, which one stands out the most to me. Um, and I didn't want to get a business degree either because like I said, um, I didn't want to be going into grad school right away or like an extended or taking like an extended amount of time um, getting an education. Um, I, I had student loans to pay, um, you know, money makes the world go around and I, I have to survive somehow. So I didn't want to be taking a lot of time off of school. So that's why I was looking at some kind of part-time degree or, or a certificate. So I ended up going the digital marketing with the with the digital marketing and mini MBA at Rutgers. Um, it was a 1012 week program for a few thousand dollars, I think about $3,000, um, which was like right in the middle of the range that I was, I was willing to pay for something like that. Um, I know there's a lot of, of mini MBA programs or similar certificate programs that are even more than that. Um, like a, about as, as, as much as a semester at, at Rutgers, which is a, a state school. So I uh, didn't want to be paying that much for, for a certificate, but. So how much would a, yeah. what, what is the standard MBA is that you were, you were looking at those two year programs? I mean, I know there's a wide range. It's like, you know, how long is a piece of string, but what was the number numbers that you were seeing? Yeah, there was like anything from like 2000 to, to 5,000 in that range to as much as like, 10,000 to 15,000 at, at some like uh, Cornell's in the Cornell's of the world or the, the Stanford's of the world um, that have like a very respected um, business school program already. Um, but Rutgers was the way to go for me. I want to frame this now in, in a way that I um, will maybe like sort of expose my, my opinions about MBAs, but like I, I think it's important here because the next phase is really interesting in the way that that actually shifted the positioning of your resume and how the dominoes started to fall for you. But I believe that college in general and even MBAs or any continued education program gives you three things. It gives you knowledge, knighthood, and a network. Those all sort of seem like, oh, what, are, what are you really talking about? The knowledge is pretty clear. You open a book, you listen to a professor, you write papers, you're hopefully acquiring some form of knowledge that, you know, stays with you with arguable, like how much do you really remember from that rise and fall of the third right course that you took 10 years ago? Maybe not that much. 
Now let's talk about the network, right? The folks that you go to school with that become your contemporaries that maybe as you grow in your career, you can reach out to, like those are the close friends you build. Like that can be a roll of the dice. It can be depending on the network you go to that you fall into, that you stay in touch with. Uh, but that's pretty powerful for some folks as well. And then finally, the knighthood element. And this is this idea that, you know, back in medieval times, suddenly when uh, a man, sorry, it was very uh, patriarchal society there, but a man was suddenly, you know, otherwise a soldier dubbed a knight, they got this like, bit, like automatic leveled up, like a knight could fight with the strength of 10 men, they got improved armor, they got improved status. And that status actually resulted into respect in the real world, which fulfilled the self-fulfilling prophecy of like, oh, of course you did it because you're a knight. You know, and, and this now has like been more into a ceremonial thing, but it's a status piece. It's a signaling also. It's a signaling to employers and like sadly on the LinkedIn game, right? Where more and more of us are, you know, looking there and checking out the education. And for that first needing to open the door moment, uh, that can be essentially what you're paying for. But you did something clever here and you found a way of sort of paying for the knighthood if, if you're willing for me to project. It seems like you were shopping and you're like, I just need a little bit of knighthood on this resume to get that first freaking job because otherwise my application looks like like everyone else's. I, what is your flavor on that? What uh, would you break down in terms of what you were looking for and what you got out of it with regard to knowledge, network, and knighthood? Yeah, I, I think that knighthood piece is exactly it. I don't really remember much from, from the course itself. Um, it was a good overview of like different aspects of digital marketing, content marketing, email marketing, but nothing that I could um, like nothing that I couldn't find on on like well-respected blogs themselves and just read for myself. Nothing like groundbreaking. And it was also like tool agnostic. Like they really didn't tell me about the actual tools that I would be using. Like like HubSpot as a CRM or, or Moz and, and um, Ahrefs is like the go-to keyword research tools. Um, so it wasn't practical in that way. But as far as the knighthood piece, being able to say that I was uh, pursuing this, this certificate in digital marketing um, was, allowed me to get an interview at Big Duck, which is um, an agency that we, we know and love right here in, in Dumbo, where our headquarters is. And it got, me, it got my foot in the door there. Um, I was doing uh, a marketing internship for them and uh, was mostly doing um, uh, business development for the agency itself rather than working on, on clients, which I, it, was a, it was a great experience and I, I got to know my, my supervisor well, Farrah Trompeter. Um, shout out to her for her hiring me. <laughs> um, but she introduced me to Anne here at Whole Whale and um, got me into this this fellowship program here where I learned so much more about SEL content marketing than I ever did in that that certificate course that I can't even remember from. Could be like a year ago or could be like three years ago. I don't know. Time is is an illusion now. <laughs> Yeah, my assessment, I guess, was like somewhat correct there that it really was like, I need a little bit extra on my resume. But what's interesting, it's like you could have paid for 12 weeks or two years. And right now, you know, there's a generation of folks that are taking on a lot of debt um, to, you know, all of us had debt. 
uh, not all of us, many of us have debt. There's 1.3 trillion held by student debt currently in our country. Uh, and by the way, you can't get rid of that um, when you declare bankruptcy. That stuff follows you around like to the very end. So it's, it's real. Those are real numbers. And to, to take that on also, especially when, you know, essentially the, the education is being a little bit discounted when you're taking all remote classes potentially. And also the network of, you know, if you're really trying to get close to people, you cannot do that with a mask. So, you know, when you really start to get down to it, and what I've always sort of quietly believed is that you're really exchanging money for for knighthood in some respects, saying like, hey, I qualify for this course. I was, you know, selected in and I survived it. And there, here's my qualification stamp. But when it comes to learning, it's once you get into the real world, you work with a client, you work with a problem and you do the work. But there's so many folks that are like in in this moment. And so I, um, it, it's something that stays on my mind, I think. But getting into Whole Whale, you know, we absolutely take, you know, people from all, all walks of life, all types of applications, uh, but coming from a firm we respect was like already the pre-vetting, which is worth like 10 MBAs in my mind. That the fact that we know uh, Farai, we know Big Duck uh, and getting into that flow of like, wait a minute, once you just get that first door open and prove yourself um, in the actual day-to-day -day work, uh, there's really like no substitute. So what advice do you have in terms of saying like, okay, if my dream job is not there, it's clear like you took like a, a part-time role. And even at Whole Whale, like you applied to a fellowship, um, which is by no means a full-time role. It's like, let me in the door and prove myself. Can you talk us through, through that sort of gamble in some respects? Yeah, I think I was definitely looking for a position where I would receive more mentorship because exactly because I didn't learn enough from the mini MBA itself. Um, so I was looking for internship opportunities, fellowship opportunities that would give me more practical training in, in, in digital marketing. Um, just so I could get that experience under my belt. And um, I mean, one actually no digital marketing in the, in the field that I, I really wanted to go in. Um, which is which is SEO and content marketing. Um, just confirming that uh, marketing is is the career path that I want to go down for it within like the nonprofit space, as well as um, getting getting a foot in the door and and hopefully getting a a full time position at at either of these these two agencies that I was, I was that I interned slash was a fellow at. Um, but it could have been anywhere. Um, uh, anyone, <laughs> anyone that was willing to to hire me, I would have taken that job at that moment. <laughs> yeah, but the rubric used as what could I potentially learn here early on? So here's here's a key nuance that I would I like to pick up and pull uh, pull the thread a bit more, where your first you know job can you know pay you money um, or it can pay you money and experience and the relevant experience you were looking for saying like, wait a minute, I didn't quite learn enough in that, that MBA. I don't quite know enough about the industry. How do I shop for knowledge and what would be given to me in that respect so that I can level up? Because when you look around, you're like, everybody's looking for experience when you're getting into higher tier jobs. And so, you know, it's maybe the illusion that like, oh, I need experience. So I need, just need to do a job for a few years and then I'll have experience and then I'll turn around versus I need to have education need to have the relevant real world. I've made things, broken things and learned things 
versus like I just need to log the years. And so your your focus on that education is is something I will, I think served you pretty well so far. I mean, you survived one year of like wild wild rides um, of what's happened in you know our market in the pandemic. Um, but also, you know, I'm also sad. I'm like, we didn't launch the fellowship again this year. And we had, you know, I think I remember last year, it was like something like 70 applications for the fellowship. And so, you know, it's, it's competitive. Uh, I don't know. How do you feel? Should we, I know you, I, I think I, you're on the side of bring back the fellowship. Yeah, I think the, the fellowship is a great opportunity for um, people exactly in my position to, um, to get experience and education in practical and technical skills that'll serve them well in this constantly changing digital marketing space, um, as well as, as get to know companies and clients and um, the nonprofit sector more, more deeply. Because uh, I mean, even the mini MBA program that I, t- that I did was definitely focused and used the language of the, the for-profit retail kind of world. It was a, it was a sales funnel um, trying to build sales or, or, or sell something. Whereas uh, we use different language in the nonprofit space, um, so I've I've gotten to know the lingo of the nonprofit world a lot a lot better by really pursuing agencies that um, that do work in the nonprofit space. So the fellowship for those listening, I've pushed this before. I think is just I think more and more companies should be doing this. Is like it's not entry level; it's like pre entry level. And in exchange for that pre-entry level um, position, you're also layering in a heavy amount of education. Um, it's this promise that like, okay, the company knows I don't know all the work that needs to happen for this, but I'm ready to learn. And also part of this is that I'm getting paid in learning, which by the way, happens in a full-time position anyway. Like there is so much internal stuff to go through. Uh, and it's, it's one of these things that actually we found like an incredible amount of efficiency as we've grown our own educational resources. So it's like some places you walk into and you just get like a 30 page document and like go read this document. At this point, we've built up, you know, the entire whole university partially from internal trainings, from training uh, new staff members on how we do things and how, you know, content marketing works in the nonprofit world, the lingo, the Google ad grant, the nuances of digital fundraising, all of those things are like baked into these courses. And sadly, Marielle had to sit through tons of those, had to sit through tons of our courses. I'm kidding, of course. But that was part of, you know, the training in addition to internal pieces. So we had a bit of efficiency there. Uh, how did, I mean, how did you feel about the, the onboarding of, of fellowship uh, at Holwell? Yeah, it was great. I, Rachel, my manager was, was a great manager and she really helped me set reachable and, but uh, right in the middle of, of attainable, but stretch goals <laughs> um, for, for this, this four month uh, time that I was a fellow um, to, to get the training that I really wanted and, and dive deep into the, the, the pieces of digital marketing that I really wanted to learn more about. Um, and definitely part of that was, was taking a couple of whole LU courses that I, I thought were, were great. Um, it really gave me um, that, that practical and, and technical experience and, 
education that I was craving from the mini MBA itself. I mean, I don't think I even saw a, not even a screenshot of Google Analytics in the mini MBA course, um, which is the foundation of what we do here. How do you measure anything without having Google Analytics on your, your website or some kind of uh, analytics platform? Um, so I thought that was, that was incredibly useful and something that, I mean, that's gonna go with me anywhere, anywhere that I go in my career. And how was it communicated to you? I, I know the policy, right? So we just mentioned it's a four month uh, period of time for a fellowship that we put out there. Uh, and how do we communicate to you that is there a job waiting for you afterward? How did you feel about that? And how, how was it communicated to you as far as you can remember? It was so long ago. <laughs> I it's can't COVID. even remember. It's COVID time. We don't, I can't remember. Well, the, year, the year was um, 1952. And... <laughs> Might as well have been. <laughs> From what I remember, there was always the option, or not the option, but um, that a full-time position would be offered to the right person. So I was always trying to make sure that I was going to be that, that person that I was gonna meet my goals that we've set for uh, between me and, and my manager and, and make sure that I became an asset to, to whole whole so that they wouldn't get rid of me and I wouldn't have to uh, go into the, the job market again. I, I definitely did, did not wanna be uh, going through that hustle again. <laughs> so here's a, here's a different way of asking. If there, if there was no offer, if there was no potential offer, cause it by no means is a guarantee you have to earn everything. And also part of it is if the company has a position and, you know, I can say internally, uh, we had that in our mind always that there are, you know, there was a, a hiring opportunity in that time frame. But frankly, you know, we didn't get enough clients and enough money in the door, like, you know, you can't hire if you can't hire. So there's also variability there. If it were just a fellowship and there was like no mention of a potential job, is it still as attractive to you or would it have been? Definitely. Um, I mean, I think the 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 main thing that attracted me to the fellowship was that that training piece. And I think even if a full time position wasn't at the end of that, I I still would have would have gone for it um, just so that I could get that that practical training in 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 um, in Google Analytics and, and and SEO and content marketing. Where I would have gone after that, um, not sure. <laughs> but yeah, definitely, definitely something that I, I would have still gone for. So, I I want to return back to the knowledge network and knighthood because I think whole whale we accidentally stumbled onto something here with the fellowship in particular, because I think I think part of the perceived value of like a fellowship is different than like, hey, do you want to be a part time employee? And by the way, we'll train you which you know, dollar for dollar is not that different looking, I will say that. Now, by calling it a fellowship, there's a little air of exclusivity to it. There is a different cachet there where maybe on the resume it looks different, that maybe it seems like, as you did, um, went out over a number of others. So there's the sort of signaling that, oh, wait a minute, you went through a competitive process, whole whale, like those that know us, right? Like, you know, of the small, tiny universe we live in, but of folks that know us, like, oh, you, you, you went through that. Uh, oh, that was competitive. How much did you see the, like the fellowship versus like part-time as, as different value propositions on the knighthood scale for you? 
I think because a lot of fellowship programs are not usually offered to um, people with bachelor with just the bachelor's degree, a lot of them do require like a master's degree, or at least in the, the public health field, I found having having my name attached to a fellow, um, it did feel a little bit more prestigious than um, like just just an intern or just a, a part time employee. So yeah, definitely, definitely a little bit a little element of that knighthood process. Um, and I want to be clear, part-time is not, and part-time employee is nowhere near the same thing as a fellow. Like if you are putting out a fellowship opportunity, it should be paired with strong amounts of education, a planned out approach, as opposed to like, all right, we just changed the name of this thing. And like, there you go. Uh, however, it's very interesting that with a little bit more planning, a little bit more thought, you're going to get a different type of candidate. Um, as you can see here, Marielle, has been crushing it at Whole Whale, doing amazing work with incredible clients. But I want more people to think about this as a tactic. And and Mariel, I really appreciate you uh, having to having to put up with your boss's questions here, being like, "Why are we talking about an MBA?" Uh, but I think it's something that a lot of folks are are looking for. And I want to open up more thought possibilities and and more avenues uh, as you try to like think about how you get a career started in this climate. So. Any, any final bits of advice for potential, let's say employers first right now that are saying like, hey, George had this good idea, let's go throw this together. Uh, what advice would you have for employers maybe considering generating a, and creating a fellowship program? And then we'll come around to like people in the, in the job market slash just graduating. I think I, I, what I really enjoyed about the, the, the fellowship program was, was having such a, a great manager um, someone who could guide me and point me in the right directions as far as the the fields that I wanted to be, be be studying and getting more experience and training on. Rachel was was great at um, I mean not only goal setting like what was my my fellowship goal and um, but also pointing me to the right people on the team who could teach me about this is the person who can teach you about Google Analytics and this person can teach you about Google, uh, Google Tag Manager. Um, we can schedule a workshop about keyword research and, and then the next steps after that. Um, so someone who, who really has the time and dedication to be putting the, the, the time for, for that fellow to um, really get the most out of that. Yeah, a bit of stewardship program. and a tour guide through all of the areas of a company in a short amount of time, arguably for, for four months. So um, we love Rachel on the podcast. She's been on several times and talking about SEO. So yeah, that's a good, good bit of advice for sure. Don't just treat it like, all right, just show up to work and start working on things. I don't know, like read this thing. Uh, but it's somebody who's a, a true uh, narrator of the experience. And then for people that have just graduated or are looking for jobs, like what is your, what is your advice or pep talk? <laughs> oh, really, really just hang in there. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard for, for anyone who's a, a new graduate to be getting into the job market. Um, you'll get a lot of no's before you get that, that one yes. Um, but, but really just hang in there. Um, don't just jump into an education program, whether that's a master's, a, a uh, an MBA or mini MBA or certificate program, really make sure you, you know what you're, you're getting out of it before you, you put in that, that time and money. Thank you so much for 
jumping on and, and humoring my questions and narrative here. It's uh, really awesome to hear from somebody who's recently gone through it uh, because I've forgotten the entire experience. All I remember about my early time is that it took me eight months to find my first job and it was like terrible. It like hurt my self-esteem getting rejected that much. And I was like, I'm never going to find a place to work. And, and then after the fact, you're like, ah, it's easy. So I think that that first job is the biggest cliff and first meaningful job is the biggest cliff. It's a zero to one moment that then has uh, an amazing sort of domino effect on, on things to come. So we've been there, <laughs> we've been there. Uh, alrighty, Marielle, thank you so much. I'll let you get back to work because obviously we've got things to do other than podcast today. This has been Using the Whole Whale podcast. If you want to keep learning more about these topics and others, head on over to wholewhale.com university to keep learning with us. Thanks as always to gregthomasmusic.org for his tunes that underwrite our tracks. They're fantastic. Hope you're doing well, Greg. And just a reminder, subscribes really help us on any platform that you listen to us on. Please give a thought to click and subscribe and maybe even a comment because we like hearing from you. 